Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Robert Acosta speaking, and we're here with Novel Ideas with our co-hosts, Randy Shelton and Ruth Ann Acosta. Randy will be working overtime here since Ruth Ann um, will not be available this evening. Uh, and so this, the date is the 17th. We're here in the book nook room for novel ideas. We had a stimulating and thought provoking discussion of small great things last month. In February, novel ideas will be discussing the book Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna, DB66232. Below is the uh, synopsis from Bookshare. In the turbulent summer of 1974, Kate Malarkey has accepted her place at the bottom of the 8th grade social food chain. Then, to her amazement, the coolest girl in the world moves in across the street and wants to be her friend. Tully Hart seems to have it all. Beauty, brains, ambition. On the surface, they are as opposite as two people can be. Kate, doomed to be forever un, um, uncool, with a loving family who mortifies her at every turn. Tully, steeped in glamour and mystery, but with a secret that is destroying her. They make a pact to be best friends forever. By summer's end, they become Tully slash Kate. Inseparable. So begins Kristen Hannah's magnificent new novel, spanning more than three decades and playing out across the ever-changing face of the Pacific Northwest. Firefly Lane is the poignant, powerful story of two women and the friendship that becomes the bullhead of their lives. From the beginning, Choli is desperate to prove her worth to the world. Abandoned by her mother at an early age, she longs to be loved unconditionally. In the glittering, big hair era of the 80s, she looks to men to fill the void in her soul. But in the button-down 90s, it is television news that captivates her. She will follow her own blind ambition to New York and around the globe, finding fame and success and loneliness. Kate knows early on that her life will be nothing special. Throughout college, she pretends to be driven by a need and for success, but all she really wants is to fall in love and have children and live an ordinary life. In her own quiet way, Kate is as driven as Tully. What she doesn't know is how being a wife and mother will change her, how she'll lose sight of who she once was and what she once wanted and how much she'll envy her famous best friend. For 30 years, Tully and Kate uh, buoy each other through life, weathering the storms of friendship, jealousy, anger, hurt, resentment. They think they've survived it all until a single act of betrayal tears them apart, and puts their courage and friendship to the ultimate test. Thank you for joining us this evening. And with this, I turn the program over to Randy Shelton, our co-host for this evening. Randy, the microphone is yours. Thanks, Bob. Hi, everybody. And um, Before we start the discussion, maybe we should review some of the characters in the book. Um, of course, Kate and Tolly, Kate's parents, um, and Kate's younger brother, Sean, and Tolly's mother is Cloud. Um, and John ends up marrying Kate and um, Kate's children are Mara and Lucas and William 
Um, Tully has a role model that she meets as a journalist, and I, I'm forgetting her name at the moment. The woman that takes Tully with her to the Middle East. I can't think of her name. But anyway, um, let's start as we usually do and see what people thought of the book. Well, I'll begin. I enjoyed it very much. You had to uh, delve into the secrets of both women uh, as they grew up. I like the way that the author divided it into, into decades, like 90s, so it's a TV era. And uh, it, uh, I like, of course, character-wise, I like Kate a great deal. And uh, the, it, it was the at the end there, it was um, quite an ending to... Uh, to her life and and so forth and how she did it, uh, and we'll talk about the great betrayal. I thought that was really bad. So I'm not I'm not a great. I, I want to be helped to like Tolly better. A driving ambition, taking over. I think we all have friends. If you think back in your lives, who take control and you don't want to hurt their feelings. And uh, naturally, uh, Tolly was the movie star to the. Um, the young lady, uh, Kate's daughter, I forget her name. And she, oh boy, I wish you could be like Tolly Mom. And oh my gosh. So let's see where you guys take this book. I thought it was a fine book. Thank you. Hi, this is Liz. Um, I like the story. Okay, uh, it wasn't... Um, I could relate to the, the being that kind of nerdy, unpopular teenager and, and finding a popular friend I even thought of her. Her name was Kathy. She was, like, really cool. We didn't have the same outcome that, that Kate and Tully did. But, you know, honestly, one of my favorite characters in this book was Kate's mom. Um, she was just kind of there and steady. And you found out, you know, through little little things throughout the book that she was really a pretty cool lady. So she was, like, I think my favorite character in the whole story. Oh, hi. This is Michelle. Um, I, I like the book. Um I thought it was kind of interesting the way it covered so many different issues. Um, you know, you started out with the friendships of the two girls, and then you had sort of the love triangle with Johnny, and then you had the whole um, storyline with Mara, how she wanted to be a model, and then at the end, you know, you had, had uh, the situation with Kate. So it really covered a lot of territory. Um, I, I think I had a little problems relating to one or other of the two main characters. I didn't really relate that well to Tully. And Kate, I liked her, but I thought she was a little unassertive at times. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was good, but I think it, it was it was hard for me sometimes. I mean, what was interesting was that I, uh, the, the story was set... You know, I, I, I could relate a lot to the time periods because I think she was 14 in 1974 and I was 14 <laughs> in 1974. So it was really easy for me to to relate to all the, the you know, the stuff that was going. Okay. Hi, this is Alan. Uh, I hope I don't offend anyone. I'm, I'm going to have to characterize this as a chick book. But uh, uh, having said that, I, I still liked it, and probably p- part of the same reason that Michelle did, because uh, I was like three years older than, than these main characters, so I identified with all the the pop culture references that were made throughout the book about uh, songs and movies and stuff like that. So, you know, I grew up with the same stuff. So, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's about, you know, the book's about two two women and their friendship and stuff, but, I mean, it was... It was written in such a way that it, it, it hopped along, and the story was was good and interesting. I thought, and uh, I love Ga- Gabriella Cavallaro as a as a narrator, so I really really enjoyed her. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a nice, neat package. I thought so. Uh, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed the book well well enough that I decided to get the the sequel, uh, Fly Away. Um, but you know, I. I don't really like Tully. I feel sorry for her, 
but I don't really like her. And I think she let, uh, I think Kate let Tully walk all over her, unfortunately. I mean, Kate was always the one to apologize, that had to apologize. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah, granted, Tully had a very rough upbringing, but she had loving grandparents. At least her, <coughs> excuse me, at least her grandmother. Grandpa was not, I guess, too with it all the time, but, um, so she, you know, I know she missed her mom and everything, and as I said, I felt sorry for her, but I really don't like her, and I don't like her in the second book much either. But she's trying. Well, I kind of feel the way you do, Marcia. Um, this is Barb, by the way. Um, <clears throat> I tried to like Tolly, and I tried to cut her a lot of slack because of her upbringing and the fact that she was rejected by her mom and her mom would show up and then leave and of course she like most kids that age would blame themselves for the problems um but i sometimes i wanted to just shake both of them because they'd get at an impasse as far as uh, conflict and uh, like marcia said kate always was the one to apologize and i don't know there's a point when that got a little tiring too um but I really did enjoy the book. I've downloaded the second one. I haven't started it. And I have read something else by Kristen, but I don't remember what it was at this point. But, um, you know, I did enjoy the book. This is Sherry. I liked the book, but I have read two other Kristen Hanna books, and I liked both of those a little better. This struck me as a tad melodramatic with all the various crises that were happening to the various characters. Um... I did like the music a lot, too. I could identify with the music, and I liked all the music references that they were throwing in. And I really liked the end, at the very, very end, where she had left Tully that, uh, I don't think it was a flash drive, whatever she left her that had a song on it that was their song. I thought that was a really nice way to end the book. I, I was surprised there was a sequel. I'm not inclined to want to read the sequel, but I would love to uh, write somebody an email and find out what, happens in the sequel because I'm at least a little bit curious. I like the book. I thought uh, characters were well developed of well enough that you really grew to care about them. And I thought the flow of the book was really well. I had no trouble with uh, keeping track of the, of the time and so forth. But I thought the book was a little bit too long. And I thought it could be trimmed a little bit in the middle because I really enjoyed the beginning and the end was a powerful ending when after you uh, grew to like the characters so much and then then Kate is is ill and Tully's there helping out. But uh, a little little could have come out of the middle, I thought. I liked the book and I loved the music and what I liked about the book, I, I was around the same age as those girls in the book, so... That part I really enjoyed. You guys are saying a lot of the things that I was going to say. Um, I really, um, well, I enjoyed the book for the most part, but I agree that it could have been a little shorter. You know, I think it was just starting to drag there in some ways. And I was uh, the same age, uh, about, uh, too, and uh, I was in eighth grade in, in, in 1974, and so I, I could identify with the, with the musical lyrics and all that that, um, that were going, you know, throughout the book that were interposed on the book, and I've often um, thought of the, the, the popular music of the time as sort of the soundtrack to a person's life. In fact, sometimes... I'm thinking of my own life. Of course, I I have a little difficulty with that now because I'm not as enthralled with a lot of the mar- modern music that we have with unhummable tunes and all that. But I used to think when I was watching myself live that um, you know I was watching a movie and the songs were like the soundtrack of the movie that they'd have playing in the background. I know that sounds silly, but... Um, but there was, um, and it was interesting because I was rereading this book. I had read it, um, you know, several years ago when we had our local radio reading service. They read it on RIS. And um, so this was actually my second read of it. 
Um, I was having a little difficulty with it, though, because my best friend from school, from, from high school, died of cancer, and it was when we were both 22. And I've also had to deal a lot with the illness of, of, my, of my brother and when he went into the coma and slipped away and was gone. And so some of this was a difficult read for me. But the characters were very well developed, and otherwise I enjoyed the books. Yeah, it was kind of a hard read for me, too, because uh, my husband and I got married in the summer of 74. Um, we were both 21, and um, so a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff that was mentioned, the music and the history and the things that were going on were happening in the first years of our marriage. And um, he... Uh, my husband died died of cancer about two and a half years ago, and uh, bless her heart, Liz called and because I she read the book before I did, and she called and gave me the heads up about uh, Kate being diagnosed with cancer and everything, and I I I thanked her very much for doing that. The, otherwise, it would have kind of blindsided me. Um, and so yeah, it was uh it was a bit hard to read there at. at it, during, during the, that part, and and even the summer of '74, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I liked the book as well, and I found myself identifying more with Kate than with Tully. I was. Sort of like Kate in a way uh, back then. I know <laughs> it's hard to picture that now. Uh, people who know me now that didn't know me then. Um, because I was kind of like her in that I would, I could very easily be walked over and I didn't want to make waves and that kind of thing. So I kind of could identify very much with her and I, <clears throat> I too identified with the music and all of that because in 74 I I had graduated high school in 73 so I was just starting you know um starting a whole new you know life after high school and going to business school and all kinds of stuff like that so I mean I could certainly identify with the music and the and and all of the movies and stuff but <clears throat> but it was a very well-written book, I thought, and she developed her characters quite well. Um, I did enjoy it. I don't know if I want to read the sequel or not, because I didn't even realize there was one. So, um, you know, that's that's really my take on it. And I, You're right, her mother was just, Kate's mother was just wonderful. Such a stable person. I just just as Mrs. Malarkey was stable and wonderful, uh, Cloud was impossible. I mean, jumping out the window, you know, again, abandoning Tully over and over again. Now, I, even with that, I didn't like Tully as much. I understand what she went through, but, uh, you know, uh, she just was ruthless in her friendship. And what Kate didn't understand, I think, is that Tully needed Kate and, the, her, and Kate's family more than Kate needed Tony, even though Kate thought it was the other way around. Oh, um, this is Michelle. I'm so glad that a few of you mentioned uh, that you had difficulty reading the part um, where Kate was diagnosed with breast cancer because I actually read up to about hour 13 or 13 and a half, and when, when she got the diagnosis, I had to stop listening because I, I for family reasons, I just can't, I can't really go read books that deal with breast cancer so I actually didn't finish the book yet I, I hope at some point to go back and finish it but I was afraid that she was going to die and I just couldn't couldn't really go there um, I, I, I one thing that I really really liked very much about the book and I thought she did really well was the love triangle between um, Kate and Johnny and Tully because it, it, it seemed very true to me that that feeling that she created in the story where if you date somebody and they like you like Johnny liked Kate but he had this I thought this sort of idealized version of who Tully was he, he saw her as very confident and very adventurous but he didn't really know her 
in a romantic way, um, in a dating way. And I don't know that he would have been so happy with her had they gone out together. But but it, it created complications throughout all the years because Kate always felt like Johnny had some sort of longing for for Tully. And I thought she did that really, really well, actually, in the story, you know, showing that love triangle. Yes, uh, Kate was, uh, in, the be- in the beginning, she was in a family, and she was kind of trying to rebel, and she thought her family was so boring, her mom was so over overbearing and everything, she wanted to get away. And uh, she felt un- unliked at school, just come and had lunch by herself and so forth. But Telly, she was a dynamic person with friends all around, Everybody flocked to her because of her uh, bubbly personality. But inside, she felt lonely because she thought she had all these people around her, but not a friend. Not a friend at all. So when they when they met, um, they, they were so, so opposite. And I thought that Kate, although she had a family and that Telly wanted, but when Tate, Kate, not Tate, but Kate grew older. She did have a family, just like the one she grew up in, but Telly never did. And I thought it was really pretty, pretty interesting uh, what Kate was saying when she was dying up ta- writing about when she first met uh, Telly. She said she got uh, looked, got went out of the house, looked across the street, and there was that little girl. And all she could think of was, "Law, look at those boobs." <laughs> and I, I found that uh, funny and like kind of like girl. And then what happened to uh, Telly um, in, in the, after the party when she was raped? And I thought, this must happen to quite a few women and uh, girls. They go home and they feel bad. They feel shame. They can't tell anybody. They feel so bad about it. And uh, I just thought that uh, that sounded real to me. I think so. I'm going to be very brief. But I think absolutely after the party when she confessed all that Patrick had raped her, that I did feel for Tully there. Yes, I did like her, then I felt sorry for her. Let me just add, uh, Michelle, I don't know if it would bring you pain, so I'll just tell you, in the epilogue, Kristen Hanna had a purpose for this book, women who get the same kind of breast cancer that Kate got and how to prevent it and what to do. And, uh, I'm not a woman, but I, I did read it, and it uh, it educated me, let me put it that way. And uh, so she had a purpose like Jody P. Cole does with her books. Thank you. I had to laugh, Alan, when you said this was a chick flick. When I first told Bob about this book, I told him it's my favorite Kristen Hanna book, and it is. I, for a lot of reasons, this is my all-time favorite of hers. And I said, this is a chick flick. (laughs) I don't know if you'll like it. And Ruth Ann said, I'm going to read it. (laughs) And Bob decided he was going to read it too. And so I had to laugh because I had the exact, I said the exact same thing to Bob. So anyway, the end is, I thought, well, like I said, for a lot of reasons, this is my favorite of her books. And the end is very powerful. It, I thought it was just a very nice way to end it. And I think you're right. Tully always had people around her when they were growing up, but she was lonely. She didn't actually have friends. And I don't know... Like, I think it was you, Bob, you said that Tully needed Kate's family more than Kate needed Tully. And I think that's so true. I think, I don't know that Tully really knew how to be a friend. She didn't know how to apologize when she did offend someone. Because remember, she way back when she was a child, she apologized for something and her mother said, her, and Cloud, I don't think she was much of a mother, said, don't ever apologize. So Tully kept that 
she she remembered dad and just she never learned how to apologize and the love triangle yeah that was handled very well i thought well this is sherry i agree with you bob i read the epilogue too and, and i had a lot of breast cancer information on it about the specific kind that she was having kate get and that was a nice public service i think the author does a really good job of writing tragic events so that you really feel them i thought when um cloud left tully at that big protest in seattle and tully was just sitting there on the curb waiting for her to come back that was that was just absolutely heartbreaking and uh as far as chick books go it's funny because even though i'm a chick if somebody tells me a book is a chick book i tend to not want to read it because i expect it's going to be cheesy romancy stuff and I didn't think this was too bad. Um I thought even though it was all women characters, I think people can identify with friendship and and strong friendships and feeling lonely and having friends and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, it, it, it when I call it a chick book, I mean it's it, it's mainly about women characters. And I think the, the audience is prob- probably primarily thought to be women readers and stuff. But I haven't said that. I I did enjoy it. And uh I I really liked uh uh, Ms. Malarkey too. I thought she was she was really cool. But she she took a hit from that joint at the end where they were out smoking that pot. I thought that was pretty cool. And I I, I disliked Cloud about as much as I liked Ms. Malarkey. She was she was horrible. And uh, I wanted to ask. She made a reference at one point about uh, they were talking about uh, Tully's grandmother, and she said, "Well, someday I'll tell you what she did or something, but I don't think they ever shared that with us in the book, did they? Maybe that's maybe that's in the sequel, but uh, uh, if they ever explained what Cloud's problem with her mother was, I, I never got it. Connor? Uh, yeah, they never explained that. That's a good point. It may be in the sequel. I, I, they got to uh, do something there. Um, but the, the, I know Barb's next, so I'm going to yield to her, but I saw her name coming up. Uh, but uh, the biggest mistake, uh, two things I want to say. Haven't we all been there? Linda's honest enough to say it. Where, and it's just not blind people, but it tends to be where you have a friend and you don't want to make waves, and he's maybe he or she is an idiot. You know, they don't. You, they're, they're, you take a lot, and finally, thank God, you outgrow it, or they change a little bit. Your friendships can become toxic, and you outgrow it. And I had a friend in college who was. Just a jerk mostly, but he was a friend. He gave me rides, he read, uh, and then when I saw him again and five years later, I, I passed him. You know, I wasn't rude to him, but I just, you know, I just went on. And I think Linda opened uh, my eyes on, on that one. And um, I, the other thing was, um, let's get to the nitty gritty here. Was she trying to help Kate be a better mother when she sent Kate on vacation and came back? And did like an Oprah thing, and good for Kate. She told them all off there. I don't believe Tolly was doing that. I think Tolly was in for ratings. That's my opinion. Um, hi, this is Liz. Yeah, that was my. Let's see. Um, we lost you. Who was? I know Barb is trying to get in. If we can let her in. Is that me there? I wonder. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Johnny. I didn't like Johnny when. Uh, for, he was first introduced. He was chasing after Tully, and that's that's all he could see. But uh, as time went on, and he came, he got in my mind kind of got uh, uh, a reprieve when he got with Kate. But Kate was awfully um, in. Uh, uh, insecure uh, with his, with his marriage all the time because she was always looking that uh, Johnny might still be wanting Tully, and I was wondering what you guys thought because I all the time too, kept thinking, "Oh, uh, Johnny and Tully's going to get back together." Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing when when they said in the opening that there was going to be a betrayal. I thought, sure, that's what it was that. Uh, when they all went to, to look, you know, when, when Tully went, uh, had Johnny go with her and uh, the cameraman and Mara went to 
do that documentary where she was going to find uh, where she was trying to find Cloud, and of course she did, and then Cloud like disappeared, jumped out the window, whatever, at the hotel. But uh, I thought sure that was going to be where where uh, Tully seduced Johnny, but obviously that wasn't it. And uh, the fact that uh, that Tully ripped Kate apart on that TV show, um, my God, that was as bad, if not worse, than her uh, seducing her husband. But uh, no, she didn't do it for Kate. She did it for ratings. That's that's my opinion. And uh, Alan, they didn't say what the problem was between Cloud and uh, her mother. Maybe I'll maybe we'll find out in the sequel. I I thought it was crazy that Tully had that that show. And I, I mean, I, I said to myself, she's just so out of touch that she thought that she was really helping her friend because she thought that the daughter should go be a model in, in New York and whatever. It was, I, I, I mean, I just thought she was just really, really out of touch and she just didn't understand what it was like to have a, a, a normal mother-daughter relationship. Um, that was my impression. Um, with the grandmother, I kept wondering why um, Tully just didn't live with the grandmother all the time because, I mean, I know she died, but, you know, there was a point when she, when Cloud would come and get her, and I just thought that was such a bad idea. I didn't really understand why the grandmother would even allow Cloud to take her daughter, or, or she tried to fight her or something on it, and she just seemed to go along with it. Um, and I, I just didn't think that was such a great idea. I thought when, in the beginning of the book, that Tully was living with her mother, but I thought the grandmother was still alive at that point, and I couldn't understand why, you know, she wasn't living with the grandmother. Um, one of the things that was answered for me later on in the book was I wondered why in the beginning of the story Kate seemed to have no friends, because she seemed like a nice girl from a nice family, and even though she was, you know, quiet and, and not very assertive, I couldn't imagine that she had no friends. But later on in the book they talked about how she had had these two girlfriends, like from fifth grade or sixth grade, and then the girls started liking boys, and they dropped her. And that seemed really true to me, because I can remember being, you know, like in junior high school, and you do kind of change friends a lot at that, that particular time in life, that, you know, people develop different interests, and somebody that you were friends with for a while, you might be friends with somebody else. So... I did wonder in the beginning why she didn't have any friends, but then they kind of explained it later on in the story, um, and and that makes sense as well. And the other thing that really rang true to me also was I can remember in the 1970s there was this trend where they opened up all these modeling schools and that that girls could go to the schools and they took everybody, you know, basically as long as you would pay them and they would teach you how to be a model. And so I think there was a real emphasis, you know, at, at that time, you know, on people trying to model. Um, but it was a little strange that um, Mara, you know, was so similar to Tully, like both of them were so obsessed with fashion and things like that. So I thought maybe that was like a little bit too convenient that they had that much in common. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, two things. You guys know teenage girls, I guess. Mara was really mean to Kate. Really, really mean. My mom would have killed my sister if she'd have been there. Now, there is competition sometimes, granted. But I can tell you, if if uh, my sister had said things that Mara said to uh, her mother or whatever, she wouldn't be around. Mom was the dominant, very strong woman, and she wouldn't have taken it. But uh, I thought Mara was pretty mean. I know she had Tully as a role model. Uh, I I can only say that my sister had a role model aunt, but she had the wisdom not to interfere. If her mother, my mom said something, or dad, that was rule. That was the law. You know, she may sympathize, but it was the law. No, I could see where Kate is insecure with Johnny. Didn't and Kristen teases us. Remember at the wedding? I think Kate saw him looking longingly at Tully, you know, the superstar, and then he shifted back to Kate. And uh, I thought, I also thought when they went on that road trip, uh, that boy, here it goes, but that's too obvious. And so also, we haven't talked about the professor. Is he just a seducer of women? I, I 
think not. I think uh, he was trying to say something there at the college memory, and he wanted her to go to Duke with him or somewhere yeah. in the East Tennessee, was it? Mm-hmm. And she'd never go that. with him. She would never go with him. No way, uh, totally. And then she meets him later uh, and sees what she missed, I think. Nobody can like Cloud, but when the book opened, Cloud was already consumed with drugs, and she was far away from her daughter. Her daughter didn't mean much to her because the drugs did. But all through the book, Tully kept wanting her, to, her mother's approval, and she and her mother kept leaving her, and she wanted her to to want her to be with her, and and that happened all through the uh, the book. But uh, Mrs. M, she seemed to be uh, Wally and the Beaver's mother, almost as as wide as wise as that. The betrayal would have been the beginning of the. That would have been the end for me. And yeah, Mara was very mean to Kate, and I have to agree. If my sisters or I treated my mother the way Mara did, oh, uh, we wouldn't be having. I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. But anyway, um, yeah, Tully. That was a little strange that Mara and Tully were so similar. Um, And Cloud, that was, that obviously was, I think, thrown in there just to add more, you know, set the scene, I guess, for when, because Cloud, when, when Cloud showed up and took Tully away, and then she ended up back with her, her grandmother, which was where she should have been. And Mrs. M was definitely my fav, one of my favorite characters in the book. Well, this is Sherry. I thought it was a nice touch when they had Johnny, I think, near the end, tell Kate that it was always her. And that Tully was just a one-night stand, and it was always her. It's uh, <clears throat> Hopefully he would have told her that earlier also. As far as the betrayal goes, it was pretty appalling. And um, I agree that Tully was pretty clueless. This might be a bit of a stretch, but I kind of took it that Tully didn't have much of a mother. And she saw the discord between Mara and Kate. And perhaps she, in her own clueless, clumsy, stupid way did want to promote a better relationship between the two. And, of course, in her mind, that meant that Kate should be more permissive. So it doesn't excuse what happened. I, I keep, uh, clueless is just too small of a word for what she did. But I kind of tried to look at it that way. Oh, boy, that's a stretch, Sherry, respectfully. Because if, if the, the sin of Kate is she was too protective of Mara. But better to be overprotective. Uh, she, she had... See what happened to Tully, got raped at the parties, and, and you know, maybe was overly. But, um, ah, boy, that's given Tully a lot of credit that she, she's almost a psychologist. My mother was bad, and and Kate's bad mother, and she's seen her in the family. She wasn't bad. Maybe a little hyper, you know, our parents are. With curfews and call. My parents would say, call me. Even when I was in college, give me a call. Mom, I'm okay. But I would. I'd say, Mom, I'm okay. Having a great time. Boom. You know. And that's all they wanted to hear. They they didn't worry anymore as much, I guess. But uh, so on that. But that's interesting. Your thought there on that one. Uh, you know that really gives her a little break since she has such a lousy parent. And, but I don't buy the fact that Kate was a bad mother. Okay, overprotective. Yes. And he and I do it there again. I admire Johnny because he told Tully at times, "You're an idiot." What do you mean you're letting her? You, she's over here and all that. You know, she runs away and you're encouraging her and all that. So Johnny did rise to the occasion, occasionally, you know, it wasn't just, oh, Tully, you're right. Oh, no. He, but he finally, and then the intimate scene at the end, is that realistic when you're, that was good that it happened, I said, when he had sex with uh, Kate at the end. Is that contrived? Is that too much over the top? I, I thought Kate was a very good mother. I actually didn't think she was overprotective in this instance because she's a young girl, Mara. 
And, you know, going out into the world of modeling, assuming that she became a model or attempted to be a model, I mean, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that, that uh, goes wrong. And I don't think teenage girls necessarily have the same maturity that, you know, a, 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 an adult woman does. So I didn't think she was overprotective at all. I thought she was very sensible and she was just trying to, you know, uh, you know, help her daughter basically make sure her daughter was was well taken care of. Um, and I thought Tully was exactly what Sherry said. She was completely clueless about the situation. Um, I I guess I mean I didn't I can't say that I liked Tully, but I I I certainly can understand that there are some people that are very very driven and put all their energy into a career and then at some point in their life usually like when they're in their 40s or something they turn around and they wonder well I you know I spent all this time on my career but I don't have anything else and she was busy you know flying all around the world and doing interviews and whatever so she's not going to have any real relationship she had that kind of like on again off again relationship with the man um, but she did, I thought she had real feelings for her college. I guess it was his college professor, Chad. Um, and it was nice that at the end that she, she met him again um, somewhere ice skating or something, and she saw what happened to him. So I guess she had a little bit of resolution. At least she, you know, she knew what happened with him. I have to get this in a senior moment or I'll forget. Is that all there is? Remember, you guys are too young. The Peggy Lee song. She goes to a circus, and she says, yeah, the clowns, it, but is that all there is? And then she talks about blowing her brain. That was totally, okay, I'm getting high ratings in TV. I'm doing this, but I have no, is that all there is? You know, and uh, there are people like that. I, you know, when I went to an event or a ball game, I'd be talking about it for weeks, but I sure didn't come home from the Rose Bowl game or whatever and say to my friends, is that all there is? But I think totally did some of that. That, that hit a bell with me. Sorry. I hope Barb gets to talk here, uh, Randy. She always has something good to say. Yeah, I'll let her talk in a minute. Um, I have to agree with you. Tully was, that was Tully's um, cry through life. Is that all there is? She didn't say it, but that was, that was the way she lived. And, you know, in the moment, but never really getting to appreciate what it was, what was really, what it was really all about, and Kate proved to be the better person in the end, and she just, Kate, Kate was the one that was like all of us, I think, and at some time in our lives, and she just, she wasn't a bad mother, I didn't think. She should have maybe been um, a little. In fact, I I was wishing she would have found another way to shake Mara up, get through that attitude of hers instead of letting it ride. But I guess she was afraid to do that. I don't know. Anyway, Barb, I'm gonna give the microphone to you now, so everybody else back away and give Barb a chance, please. Well, um, I have a couple things, and I'm going to try to get it said quickly. Um, first of all, I don't know how Tully ever thought that she was going to help her mother. Her mother doesn't want to be helped, so she tried it a couple different times, and it didn't work because mom ran out when she, you know, um, Tully had things in place and mom flew the coop. Now, it's going to be interesting to see if we read this sequel what, what happens. But I don't know how she could even think that she could help her mother um, when, she, when her mother didn't want to be helped. I mean, that there's just something you can't help someone that they don't want the help. Secondly, um, I agree with you that everyone, that what you've said that, Mara was not nice to Kate. Uh, that would not have been tolerated. Uh, like Randy, I wouldn't be here talking if I'd acted that way. Um, I just, I guess I would have 
well, I, I think at one point Kate did want, did not want Tully to even associate with Mara, but then of course when Mara got irritated um, because she couldn't go to a concert, where does she go? She goes running to Tully, um, but she she was a little brat. I'm glad to see she came around at least in the end that she was at least talking uh, decently to her mom and uh, and I also didn't like and I, I, I didn't like the fact that at the funeral um, Tully didn't even go to the funeral. I, I think that was very disrespectful um, although Kate realized that she wouldn't go and that's when she found this drive with the music and stuff and I mean I guess it was expected but I didn't care for that and now I will shut up Barb that's a great thought I, I guess I'm a straightforward guy I know I'm supposed to understand from the letter that Kate wrote which is I know you're not in there but yeah. uh, did she think now we'll give her a stretch did she think everybody would see Tully and say this movie stars here how neat she owed it to her friend to be in the funeral and stand with the family and help them. That's my opinion. Um, I, I, anyway, I was. I hope I didn't give the impression I thought Kate was a bad mother. I thought she was great. Kate and, and Kate's mom were my favorite characters, too. And if I had to have a friend, I'd rather have Kate as a friend than Tully. But I just thought in Tully's mind that Tully was thinking if she could get Kate to lighten up a little, that it would improve her relationship with Mara. Do I think that was the right thing to do, that Kate needed to lighten up? No way. I didn't think Kate was being overprotective either. I thought she was, you know, letting Mara slide a little bit in her disrespect. And I agree. I thought Tully should have gone into the funeral, but isn't it, isn't it really indicative of their friendship that Kate just knew that she wouldn't be able to handle it? If I would have had a friend like Tully, there is no way in hell this, this person would be my best friend for 30 years. I mean that that's that's the conclusion that I've come to. Um, you know, you just don't treat your friends the way Tully treated Kate. Um, it it just wouldn't it wouldn't be. You know, I would have moved on. And, and then when she was trying to interfere with with uh, how Johnny and Kate were raising Mara, you know, oh, I'll rent this, uh, I'll rent the limousine, and I'll be the chaperone, and I'll take all the kids to the concert. You don't do things like that to your friends' families. You just you just don't. And um, Liz is back now, but she got knocked out. Uh, Liz, you were in the middle of saying something uh, when you start having your problems there with your audio. Um, did did you want to go ahead and complete your thought? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I've been having troubles with the mic too. Uh, uh, I, I like Chad. Uh, I think Bob mentioned him a little bit earlier, and then Michelle gave his name, uh, the professor. That uh, I really think he, he he really did love Tully, and uh, uh, he ended up moving to to Nashville, Tennessee, at Vanderbilt. So, uh, uh, but he, I think he was he was a for real guy too, and he had he really did have feelings for. Her, but she she just didn't know how to she didn't know how to love because she never learned because uh, of her family and stuff. So. Uh, that's the way it was. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll get Liz on here. I just want to say this, Marcia. Don't you know that the best parents are people that never had children? Think about that. We heard it as a teacher. The best parents was an aunt or coming in. This is the way she should do it. Well, how many kids do you have? None. You know. Okay, let's back away. See if we get Liz on. Oh, um, yeah, I'll let Liz on. But I also want to make sure we aren't missing anything from Debbie because she doesn't have a working mic so I just want to make sure she's getting in here if she wants to oh hi um this is Liz I don't remember I mean I don't know where I left off but there were three points that I wanted to make Chad I really do think loved Tully and I think that Chad was Tully's best chance at having a semi-normal life and I think she just couldn't handle it I, I think she got scared um that she would, I don't know, There was that, that's a real complicated thing when you get somebody who really wants to be loved and is confronted with the possibility of real love, they get scared of it. So I think that's what Chad was. But I think that Tully's parenting was a lot like Cloud's parenting, only Tully had a lot more money to put behind it. 
because Tully was always allowed to dress the way she wanted to dress and kind of go where she wanted to go, and Cloud just kind of let her do it, you know, let her have her freedom of expression. That was their relationship, and I think that that's what she was trying to do for for um, Mara and what kid doesn't want that kind of fairy godmother to come up with the pink limousine and the, you know, the over-the-top birthday parties and the concerts and stuff. Um, and, yeah, that was not a good thing to do. Um, and I can't remember what else I was going to say. I just, uh, I do think that Chad was, was really Tully's best chance at a normal life. Yeah, I've been checking the, the chat one. Debbie, Debbie hasn't typed anything else up there. I just wanted to say a little something about Chad, too. I thought in the beginning that he went for uh, Telly because of her looks and her, and her personality, just like a lot of men do. But as they lived together, and then after graduation, they, they lived together. They were very close, and Chad loved Chelly, uh, Telly. But I think also Telly loved Chad, too. But when it came to the move... She had to make a choice. Was she going to choose her love or was she going to choose her future, her occupation? And that's what she chose. Then years later when she saw Chad in the park and Chad was with children, then Telly saw them and she thought that could have been her. And she... In her mind, she wondered, had she made the wrong decision? Was her life all wrong? And I thought that was a very powerful thing for the author to put that in there. Uh, Yeah, Bob, I agree with you on the fact, yeah, not having any kids. Of course, I'm always the one saying, they should do it this way or that way. Well, I, I never did. I didn't say it to my friends who had kids, but there were times that I thought, well, I, I, that was my daughter. I would do it this way, but I I always kept my mouth shut. Randy, Debbie's microphone isn't working. Yes, it was. Um, while I've got the mic, uh, <laughs> I, had a, I was thinking for a while that Telly, in a sense, uh, maybe subconsciously, wanted to keep Kate and Mara from... Uh, having a better relationship because she felt that maybe if she had at least Mara, there would be someone that really cared and loved her, cared enough and loved her. Um, and she wanted a, you know, she wanted somebody in her life that really and truly loved her. And she thought maybe she could just take over the parenting role of Mara and then do, uh, you know, do you know, just be a parent. At least she'd have something. And I think she envied Kate and Johnny so much. And I think she may have actually loved Johnny and envied Kate for that. And so she thought, well, gee, I could get Mara, you know, maybe then I could get Johnny. I don't know. I um, I have a lot of thoughts about that. I, I don't know. I can identify. I did like Kate the best out of Kate and Tolly, but I can sort of, this is Carla, by the way, I can identify with both of them in one way, you know, and I mean um, the stability of, of Kate and the children and all that. But being a single person myself, and, um, I, you know, some there are times that I, I wish I had somebody that really loved me and that, you know, I had a family. Um, at my age, it would be nice to have children and grandchildren, and I hate to think of, I'm taking care of my 90-year-old mother now. And I and it has crossed my mind who's going to be there to take care of me if I live that long. You know what I mean. Um, and if you're putting songs with it, uh, I do remember. <laughs> is that all there is by Peggy Lee? But another one that I I would think would be could be Tolly's song is I don't know if you ever heard this song that was released in 1982. I've never been to me, and it's about this woman that traveled to Crete and all over the world and had no career or anybody to love her and she runs into this woman who you know is holding a little baby and um you know tries to tell her you know i mean um to, that love is this man that you're gonna you know make love with tonight you know the same man that you fought with this morning and that little baby you're holding and how she was thinking you know sort of pining for the children that would have made her complete and i don't know when i 
I first heard that song in 82, I thought, what's the matter with this lady? And now sometimes I think about her, not that I've been famous and all over the place, but, but you know, my heart goes out to her that way, too. And the other thing I wanted to comment on, it was sort of a, a replay of generations, because Kate's mother and, uh, and when, you know, Mrs. Malarkey and Kate, when Kate was a little girl, or was, a you know, like an eighth grader, ninth grader, she was sort of surly and sullen in a way, and they had their fights, and it was sort of interesting how the the life is talks came back that uh, Kate used to get from from her mom um, came back um, when you know when she was a mom and given them to Mara. Well, Carla, oh my gosh, you brought me to tears here. I want to say that those of us who know of you love you very much. I'm flat. I'll speak for myself, but I've heard a lot of people say wonderful things about you. And um, there's one difference, Carla. You would not destroy your friend's life by stealing her daughter. If the daughter were an orphan or the, whoever, the boy, or whatever, yes, you, you would help. But the, but that's the difference. Totally ran over um, Kate, calling her a bad mother coast to coast all yeah. on TV uh, to humiliate her, thinking, I'm helping you. That psychiatrist was, was terrible, by the way, you know. So that that's that's a big difference there. So I I hear what you're saying, but um, we wouldn't destroy. I would not uh, destroy uh, a friendship that I had with a parent by trying to steal the daughter away. And Mrs. Malarkey, yes, it's a cycle. Remember when Kate said, "Here goes the Malarkey bus," and yeah. and uh, Mara said, "Oh, Mom, you have to keep saying that." And that's what Kate used to I'm say. Yeah. And Mrs. Malarkey also told Tolly, "You know, she's not your daughter." Mara, she's Kate's daughter. I think I might disagree with a little bit of what's being said. I, I think Telly was trying to be a good aunt. She just had more money than anything else and didn't think about that. Now, she did have the tragedy of the TV show, and that was uh, what broke them up for a long time. But in the end, Telly loved Kate, and Kate loved Telly. They loved one another. In the end. Okay, I hear you, uh, Ladon. Tell me why she wouldn't go to the funeral. Is that just her way of, of loving people? Some people do that. They, I can, they, can't, deal they it. can't face it. My brother's that way. If someone in the family's really dying, he doesn't show up. I, 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 I didn't think that Tully was trying to steal Mara. I, I just thought that um, she did have a lot, a lot of money. And I, I think she was just trying to um, give Mara maybe the kind of experiences that she would have liked to have when she was younger. She would have liked somebody to pay attention to her and, and do things for her. I think she, she understood that Mara was not her daughter. And I think that it was very clear to her at one point that even though she felt like she was part of Kate's family, when the two of them had a, a big disagreement, that you know, Kate's family was siding with Kate, and Tully was really all, all alone. And I think that was something that was really, really hard for her to you know to understand and accept. Um, and that you know that doesn't seem surprising to me because you know a lot of women, I think, when they're in their twenties and even into their thirties, a lot of times are very focused on their career. And then at a certain point, they they start thinking, well, now it's time to have a personal relationship. It's time to have, you know, a spouse or children or whatever. And often it turns out to be too late to do that. Um, You know, they don't have the same options, unfortunately, that they do when they're they're younger. So, I mean, I think she did a good job of bringing up all these kind of issues and feelings and the way life really is. Um, You know, she she did that throughout the book, and, and I thought she did it really well. Well, I, this one time I beg to disagree with you, Michelle. I think deep down, I don't think she cheered when Kate had cancer. She loved Kate, but she said, I can do it better than she can. And I, deep down, I'm, I, I really, and because who was the villain all the time? Who had said no? Kate. You know, every time she'd put her in a circumstance where that kid would say, see, it's beautiful here with, with, with Tully, Aunt Tully. And look at you. You're saying no every single time. I never heard her say, you know, your mother's right. Johnny finally called her an idiot. He stood up and he said, what are you doing? No, you're not You're not going to the concert. Absolutely not. And he stood with Kate. 
So, and then finally, I want to say the reason I disagree with it. In Kate's mind, she thought that Tully was a threat. And that's the one who's important, the mother in her mind. Yeah, I think Tully was trying to steal Mara. And at one point, she actually went to Mrs. Malarkey. And that's when it was about the whole, the modeling and, and... Mrs. Malarkey said, no, she, she's not your daughter. She's Kate's daughter, and this isn't your place. And, yeah, I, I think she was trying to steal Mara and show Kate and Johnny up. And I just, that, that was so wrong. And when she didn't go to the funeral, that was very disrespectful. It just was not right. Um, I think Chris has been wanting to talk. I know she asked about if her microphone earlier. I don't know if she's still here because I haven't looked. But if she is, I think we need to give Chris some time to say something. No, what I said is Debbie's microphone isn't working. Yeah, I know. She, We um, tried to get her earlier. So, anyway, it's this has been a great discussion but maybe we should talk about next month's book. Does anybody else, do you want to keep going, or is there, do we want to talk about the book for next month? Well, I think, Randy, you, you know the one we're recommending. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it's called Inside the O'Briens. Uh, is it Lisa Genova? Alan Lemley. And the DB number, Alan, I got it this time, 81500, and it deals with, and, and you may not want to do it because it's another disorder. It's Huntington's disease, which affects the brain, uh, and your muscles break down, and you die from it. And uh, Ruth Ann and I chose, would like you to consider reading it because we had a, we have a friend who had Huntington's, a lovely person, uh, faded out. We've lost track of her. We don't even know if she's still alive now. She lives in the, she lived. In, with her sister in Northern California. And just to tell you a word about her, when she, when we were fighting Japan, they went to the school for the blind and, and took Marie and her family and put them in a concentration camp. Okay? I mean, they, they, they thought that these blind kids were spies for Japan, I guess. I don't know. But uh, Marie was a wonderful person but suffered from this terrible disease. And the kids are facing this in the O'Briens. That's the book that I was planning to do. And it, it's highly rated on DB Review and other um, review sites. I started it. It seems like a good book. I'm not that far into it yet, but that is the one I was planning to do. In fact, I'm, I wouldn't be... I know a few people have already read it. So that's what I'm planning on for March. Um, yeah, that sounds good to me. I was also, I just read a book that I love. Um, it's called What Alice Lost, and I'm pulling up the information now. Um, oh, hold on just a second. Oh, I can't, I mean, What Alice Forgot, I'm sorry. Um, and I can't find, but if anybody's interested in, in maybe doing that for April, it's about a, a woman. It's What I liked about it is it's set in Australia, so it's kind of fun reading about a cold July day at a hot, you know, the Christmas party that it was so hot. You know, it's just differences. But it's about a woman who um, is, uh, has, a, she falls while she's exercising it during a spin class and bumps her head and loses like 10 years of her life. And she's remembering how she was 10 years ago and she's finding a lot of discrepancies between then and her life now and it, the whole story is about how she doesn't always necessarily like the person that she's become and how she wonders how this happened and it's very interesting I'd like, Go. yeah I'd like to say something I finally woke she up, woke up. <laughs> but anyway uh, I've started reading this book. It's written by the author of Still Alice, if you've read uh, that this book on Inside the O'Briens. This is told completely from his point of view. I mean, he's thinking everyone that 
everyone is moving things instead of him losing things. And uh, he, uh, it was, it's, uh, it seems like it, it was recommended by Carla, uh, the the librarian of, of the Canada, new the librarian new of Congress. Yeah, Carla Van Hayden or something like that. And uh, she put some of her favorite books in uh, various uh, uh, TV shows or books that she's reading. And this was one of them that, that was a novel. But I complain about when you move something. What does that say about me? But I've been doing it since I was 25. So, um, You know, the, the um, book about Huntington sounds really interesting. Actually, a friend of mine had recommended that book for me to read. I, I don't read a lot of medical stories, so that might that might be interesting. And Huntington's is a really interesting disease to read about. I've read a couple of novels that, that uh, deal with Huntington's, and it's, it's, it's very good. Um, I was just going to second um, Liz's recommendation for the future. I read What Alice Forgot um, by Leanne Moriarty um, a while ago, maybe in the summer, and it was a really good story. I, I, I really enjoyed that book. Even if we don't read that for this group, that is a good book to read. It's light and uh, it's really interesting and it's got a, an interesting scenario. Okay, why do we do it in April? You know, yeah. it's great to be ahead. And if someone could uh, send a little note to Randy about the DB number, I'll start yeah. reading it early. <laughs> anyway, yeah. sure. I, I don't think Randy minds and Ruth Ann, but let's do it in April think, if it's that I think good. We can always take we, we, That's what book. this is all about. Okay, let's see, Randy. Let me know just when you end so I can turn the recording off. I was just going to say, I don't know, I've been getting either overwritten or overrode and, or whatever. But anyway, I was just going to second both books um, the, Inside the O'Briens for March and um, What Alice Forgot in April. That sounds good to me. And uh, I'll look up the DB number for What Alice Forgot. Um, we'll, we'll find it. Anyway, see you all next month.